Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster, Dean Linke. Uniting coaches at every level of the game, around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linke. Five new teams moved into the number one spot in their respective rankings as United Soccer Coaches released the latest set of rankings for men's and women's college soccer earlier this week. One of those new number ones, the University of Chicago number one D3 men. Their head coach, Mike Baps, is on the show. And speaking of big announcements, yesterday, United Soccer Coaches unveiled the, quote, commitment to culture, a pledge to building a unique positive soccer culture in America. Lynn Burling Manuel, the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, will break it all down and she comes first after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Now, once again, here's your host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky. Always pleased to be bringing you another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. And yesterday, the United Soccer Coaches unveiled the, quote, commitment to culture, a pledge to building a unique, positive soccer culture in America consisting of seven cornerstones. The commitment of culture has been developed by coaches to build a culture that celebrates what is best about soccer and helps it transcend from not only what happens on the field to what happens in the lives of players, coaches, administrators, referees, families, and friends. Now, the seven cornerstones are the outcome of a strategic coaches summit held at the 2018 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. Coaches representing all levels of the game, pro, college, high school, competitive, and rec, came together to examine the soccer culture after the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup and amid reports of declining soccer participation numbers. They were tasked with developing a framework of fundamental beliefs that the coaching community collectively can support and strive to achieve. Here to talk about it is Lynn Burling Manuel. We promised her when we ended last week's show. She is the United Soccer Coaches CEO and she joins me now. Lynn, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me, Dean. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about this. Well, right off the bat, when you hear commitment to culture, what does that mean to you? Well, I think one of the things we all want is to have an American soccer culture that's clear and compelling. And in many ways for us, and we're really talking about a playing culture, fan culture is extremely important, and MLS and the other pro leagues have done a great job of that. But the playing culture is the thing we're really talking about today, and it's really having a a common, we think it has to be a positive experience for all of our players and all of the stakeholders in the game. And why did you pick October 10th, that was Wednesday, to unveil the commitment to culture? Well, it is the one-year anniversary. Um, October 10th, 2017 was the day the U.S. exited the World Cup. And that was a difficult and dark day for many of us. And I don't want to make that a negative thing, really, because I think in in many ways, although soccer fans of every stripe were were pretty discouraged for a little while, uh, we really felt strongly that this was an opportunity to look in a very positive way at cultural development. 
assessment, we found that everybody was very quickly pointing their fingers at each other, you know, at coaching, at players, at um, player development, and, and all of those things are important. But we felt as United Soccer Coaches, the most powerful and positive thing that we could do was really look at cultural development. So the commitment to culture has really been created by coaches for coaches because we think coaches can be the agent of change. So on the anniversary of that difficult day, we felt it was the perfect day to do something really positive and thus the rollout of the commitment to culture. Looking at the cornerstones, working our way up, soccer is the player's game. We are family strong, well-being. The game is the teacher, the rule of fun, character first, And the first cornerstone is Soccer Unites Us. Why did that get such a high priority, Lynn? You know, the the gathering of coaches at at the summit, almost without exception, people really embraced the notion that soccer is a game that really brings people together. Um, It's about inclusion and diversity. We're a sport on the playing side that's almost half and half boys and girls. But players, the game itself brings all people together. Um, Players are of every color and size and shape and ethnicity and economic level, and yet in soccer, they find a common denominator. And that's a very powerful thing. You know, all sports certainly have their ability to bond people together, but soccer is really unique in its scope to be inclusive and diverse. And and frankly, United Soccer Coaches has long committed to inclusion and diversity, and we feel it's not just a reflection of our association, but a reflection of the game. And we want coaches to be the leaders of being an inclusive and diverse sport. We already said why October 10th was picked, and you know, a lot of the naysayers out there, they aim their frustration on U.S. soccer at player development pathways, but United Soccer Coaches approached it differently. Talk a little bit about that. Like every other soccer person, we think player development is incredibly important. But the fact is that federations and leagues and teams around the world have spent millions, millions of dollars to find the secret, the magic secret to player development. And no one has found that magic bullet. Everybody knows it's a a process. It's finding the great players. It's bringing them up in a good way. Um, Some some luck, um, certainly some process. Uh, But the upshot of it is we don't want to diminish player development at all. Um, But we felt that collectively coaches could serve the game best by really looking at cultural development rather than player development. There are other folks who are putting lots of time and attention into that. Now, you're also asking coaches, players, parents, referees, and administrators, as well as fans, to sign a pledge. Tell us all you can about that, Lynn. The website is unitedsoccercoaches.org slash culture. And it is really, um, we are asking people to take an action. And it is really to commit to pledging to be an ambassador to this cultural change. We want the soccer playing environment to be a uniquely 
positive environment. You know, the game is tough. Winning is important. Uh, players can be ferocious on the field, and still create a really positive environment for everybody. And I think that it is really, although we believe coaches can be the agent of change here, it really becomes part of the process for every stakeholder to commit to a changing culture. Um, we're not about diminishing the competitive fervor or reducing how um, tough the game can be, uh, but we are about making sure that every Every kid at every level has a great experience and remembers their soccer experience incredibly positively, that parents really enjoy it, that every group inside the game has that positive experience. We're here with Lynn Berling Manuel. I always find it a positive experience anytime I can spend time with her, the CEO of the United Soccer Coaches. We're going to take a break and come back and ask her more about the Coaches Summit, where this commitment to culture's seven cornerstones were conceived. Stay with us. It's the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap, and we're joined by Lynn Berling Manuel, the CEO of United Soccer Coaches. This is Dean Linky with a special message from the United Soccer Coaches Foundation. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation has opened up applications for their annual grants and scholarships. Grants and scholarships are available for convention registrations, advanced education diplomas, or for the opportunity to host a United Soccer Coaches educational course at your facility for your coaches and your community. To apply or to find out more, please visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash donate or contact Development Officer Amanda Mitchell. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation wishes everyone luck with their application. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. We're spending some time with Lynn Burling Manuel, the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, as they unveiled their commitment to culture on Wednesday. And when we went to break, we told you that uh, we were going to ask you about the original Coaches Summit where the commitment to culture's seven cornerstones were conceived. Tell us more about that in Philadelphia. Sure. You know, what really inspired this whole process was really another sport, to tell you the truth. And to be perfectly honest, we were incredibly impressed what the NHL and hockey had done with its, um, print, its declaration of principles. Um, a couple years ago, a little less than that, they, it, frankly, hockey was struggling with player declines and a, a wide variety of issues. And they actually brought together uh, the NHL, USA Hockey, the Players Association, Association, um, and together really launched their Declaration of Principles, which was, it wasn't the same as our cultural cornerstones in terms of the list, but it was the similar idea. It was those cornerstone beliefs that they felt were really critical for their sport to really move into the future and to attract and keep young athletes and really have them stay in the game for a long time. So that was the original inspiration um, after the U.S. defeat. And again, that was a trigger event, nothing more. I don't know that any of us looked at that, that um, exit from the World Cup as Oh, long-term devastating. Frankly, we were in good company. If you think back to the list of countries that didn't make it into the World Cup, we were certainly in good company. And at any given moment, at any given time in soccer, if there's one truth, it's that anybody can lose on a given day. But the, it still gave us an opportunity to really think about what was the culture that we all wanted to create for our game. I, you know, actually probably more concerning to us 
then that loss, which was a one-off event, was really a longer-term concern that there were multiple reports of really solid research that our participation numbers of soccer in this country had been on the decline for some time. And if you look at the registration numbers for American soccer youth organizations collectively, that hasn't moved in almost a decade. They sometimes move between organizations, but it hadn't moved in total. And to us, that was actually the bigger issue. And that goes back to speaking, much like hockey did, about the culture our kids were playing in. Um, the the summit itself was really an effort to get coaches to really think deeply about this issue because we believe coaches are the change agent here. So we invited a very wide swath of coaches, professional, college, um, high-level uh, youth youth, mid-level, recreational youth, high school, to all come together to really explore this issue and, and look for those common denominators that everybody thought was really important for our game. That group turned out to be pretty lofty. And in general, we haven't named names to kind of protect the innocent, but it really cry was names you would recognize. Um, it was coaches who gave a whole day during the course of the convention to really sit down. We had a professional facilitator, a gentleman named Jim Pelia, who gave his time pro bono to lead the effort. It was only coaches in the room. All business people, including myself as CEO, were asked to leave. So this was really about coaches thinking deeply about the game. Um, that's where um, the summit came from. That was the day. Now, from all of the notes, all the discussion, all of the, the work that was done that day, there has been much follow-up over the last year. So it wasn't a one-off event. There were months of work that really culminated in the commitment to culture and the seven cornerstone beliefs that we United Soccer Coaches are really asking all coaches to embrace and for their players, parents, referees, and administrators to really help us manifest and bring to life. Of course, over the years, the United Soccer Coach is such a powerful entity with massive numbers in membership. Lynn, from where you sit, how do coaches specifically impact soccer culture? I think they're the foundation of soccer culture in many ways. Um, they, they sometimes don't think they have that, that power. They say it's parents or it's administrators, but the reality is every day coaches decide what their environment is going to be like. Um, there's often a call for parent education, and in reality, we believe that coaches can take the responsibility directly to be good communicators, to... Um, create a great uh, environment, to create a positive experience for their players, but for all the stakeholders of the game. So it, for us, coaches are the change agent, and we want them to really believe that they have the power to make this the culture we all want it to be. To go slang on you, particularly in today's era of social media, players going to play, haters going to hate. Do you expect haters on this, Lynn? Oh, sure. <laughs> Oh, sure. Um, I think any time you roll out what is, is truly a big, positive, 
forward-thinking initiative. Somebody's going to say, ah, this is soft. This is everybody gets a trophy. Uh, That's just not it. That's just not it. We want to make sure we actually, our, our coaches actually have talked to their players. And, and there's a tremendous number of great organizations doing good work, like the Positive Coaching Alliance and the Changing the Game uh, group that have research to back up exactly what we're talking about here. We've just made it very soccer specific. So haters are going to hate. And um, for every negative comment about why this won't work, we believe there's a thousand coaches behind it who'll say, yes, this will work. The consensus from the summit, as Lynn talked about in months of follow-up work, was a commitment to create a unique, positive culture for soccer in America. As the unifying voice, advocate, and partner for coaches at all levels, United Soccer Coaches is leading the effort to build that culture. The commitment to culture and the seven cultural cornerstones are a key. We already heard Lynn talk about Soccer Unites Us. We're going to ask her to go through the remaining six after this quick message from our sponsors. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your Welcome equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Having as much fun as you can have because Lynn Burling Emanuel, the outstanding CEO of United Soccer Coaches, is with us. Big announcement this week as United Soccer Coaches unveiled their commitment to culture with seven fantastic cornerstones. We already heard about Soccer Unites Us. We're going to walk through the remaining six here in our final minutes with Lynn Burling Manuel. And Lynn, we're going to start with the second cornerstone. It says character first. Well, we found that coaches, and it was very consistent across the board, coaches believe this. Um, We literally honor, teach, and develop the core values of honesty, loyalty, responsibility, selflessness, compassion, and discipline. I mean, soccer really, uh, and coaches develop and teach character. So that's a, a core core a core cornerstone. Um, the third is the rule of fun. And this was I, this might be my favorite actually. We all talk about it as we need to make the game fun. Uh, coaches are convinced that's actually the key to being successful. But they also thought widely about what did that actually mean? And in the end what they agreed to was this definition. Fun is the lens that can make every soccer player a success. Fun takes many forms and always concludes with I want to do it again. And that doesn't actually matter if you're six years old, 16 years old, or you're a professional and you're 26 years old. We find that all players, if they're going to come back, if they're going to be successful, they may call it different things, but at the end of the day, in their heart, it has to be fun. Um, Just to to pause for a, a moment, Dean, you can find all of the cornerstones and the pledge at our website, which is unitedsoccercoaches.org slash culture. So please, you can look these up if I'm going through them too quickly. The fourth is the game is the teacher. 
We are all responsible to ensure that soccer teaches the skills of a well-lived life. Teamwork, leadership, hard work, communication, creativity are just the beginning of its lessons. It's one of the things I think coaches felt very strongly about was that the game is the teacher and that kids who play soccer are really learning every day things that are so much bigger than just soccer skills. The fifth is well-being counts. And that's an interesting cornerstone because it really talks about it, that every, every athlete of any age really deserves a safe, healthy, welcoming experience. They deserve to have it be a safe space, um, certainly physically, but also sort of mentally and spiritually. This is an opportunity for kids, and kids talk about it for the rest of their lives, about how being on their soccer team really created a safe space for them. Frankly, we also talked about it being a safe space for every soccer stakeholder. Parents should find it a really great experience. Referees should find it a really safe experience. So it really counts for everyone. The sixth and second to last cornerstone is we are family strong. How many times do we hear uh, unnamed coaches say, gee, it would be so much easier to coach a team of orphans? And we think that's a real loss in the sense that family, and parents certainly, but also team and the club and the community, uh, really are extraordinarily important for soccer. Um, we'd like coaches to really feel positive about communicating to parents. And yes, everybody has, and frankly, any group you're involved in, whether it's a soccer team or anything else, has some crazy person who makes your life miserable. But most parents really only want to make sure their kid is having a great experience. And the more coaches communicate, talk to parents, inform them, and really take the time to connect and appreciate, the better the experience is for everyone. So we found that family and that sense of family was very important. And the final cornerstone is soccer is the player's game. That is what is so unique about soccer. When the game begins, everything else falls away. The coach, the crowd, parents, when they're on the field, the game is really all about the player. I think it's why it's so uh, popular and so powerful around the world is because it's really creative. The player makes the decision. They get to decide, they get to create, and they win or lose. Nobody else does. It really is their game. I think we as adults always have to remember that. And we as coaches definitely have to remember it. So the cornerstones are soccer unites us, character first, the rule of fun, the game is the teacher, well-being counts, we are family strong, and soccer is the player's game. So those seven cornerstones make up the commitment to culture, we are asking coaches and players and parents and referees and others to sign and pledge to help manifest these cornerstones, to create a culture that's unique and positive for soccer, and the website for the pledge, and a very unique video, which you might want to take a look at also, is unitedsoccercoaches.org slash culture. 
Lynn, since we have you on, one final question. Chicago will be the host to the 2019 United Soccer Coaches Convention. Tell us how great that's going to be. Well, it's the first time that United Soccer Coaches Convention has been in Chicago in decades, and we're very excited about it. We're at McCormick Place, which is a fantastic convention center. We, at this point, all indicators, this might be the largest convention ever. Um, we are expecting a fantastic lineup of presenters. Um, MLS is holding its super draft there, and WSL is holding its college draft. Uh, we'll be hosting a wide variety of additional events like the U.S. Youth Soccer workshop. Um, But for every coach, this is really an experience to learn where coaches teach coaches. That's really, I'd say, the most fundamental piece of this. If you haven't been to a convention before, this is an experience. It is a membership contingent event. Um, It's open to all United Soccer Coaches uh, members. We are a membership association. Um, If you're not a member today, I encourage you to sign up and be part of this really important community. Um, And I think this is going to be perhaps the best convention ever. Don't miss it. Lynn Berlin Manuel, the CEO. This is exciting news, Lynn. I like what you're doing. United Soccer Coaches, the new name, uniting all of us, and now this commitment to culture. Pretty special. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Dean. All right. United Soccer Coaches also unveiled their new rankings. We got five new number one teams. The University of Chicago, the new number one team for D3 men. We'll talk to their head coach, Mike Baps, when we return. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with TeamSnap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with TeamSnap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. I want to thank Lynn Berlin Manuel, the Chief Executive Officer of United Soccer Coaches, for joining us first as recently announced five new teams moved into the number one spot in their respective rankings as United Soccer Coaches released the latest set of rankings for men's and women's college soccer earlier this week. North Carolina the Tar Heels take over as the new number one team in the Division I men's poll while Stanford remains atop the women's ranking where they've been all season. Simon Fraser remains atop the NCAA Division II men's rankings while Grand Valley State takes over as the number one team in the women's poll. At the NCAA Division three level, Washington University holds down the number one ranking on the women's side, but we've got a new number one for the men. It's University of Chicago. And with that, we are pleased to be joined by Mike Baps, the head coach of the University of Chicago men's soccer team, now in his sixth season. Coach Baps is with us. Coach, thanks for being with us. No problem. Number one, what's it mean right now at this point in the season? Uh, With rankings, we try to tell our guys, and I think having some experience with um, being up there the past two seasons, that I think rankings matter most to everyone outside of the team and our group. Uh, Most importantly, the opposition. Um, But, you know, parents, recruits, people on campus, it's great for them. But uh, it's still soccer, and you know that you've – created a great incentive for the next team that we play so we just have to be ready for for that the next time we step out how serious is the notion of being number one at the end of the season winning a national championship coach uh, that's our goal uh, you know that's really the only ranking that we would uh, really really care about at the end uh, and having been pretty close 
a few times with a group of guys who have been out in the field in a lot of those games. Um, that's that's really that's what we're working towards. So it's just about the process of you know being the best team and giving ourselves the best chance to do that. It, you know, the first weekend of December. Well, we mentioned your sixth season. You can tell that the process is working. In 2014, your second season, you made it to the second round while winning a conference title. Next year, you made it to the second round. 2016, you won the conference title, got to the round of 16, and last year, the NCAA semifinals. What do you take away from that experience last year making it to the semifinals, Coach? More composure, I think, as you go through this and have players who have played in tournament games that are, you know, can be really emotional. I mean, we actually went down 2-0, I think, in the opening, you know, the first round. But, um, you know, a team that, that, you know, having been there um, can kind of keep focused on what we're trying to do and, and trust that over 90 minutes or 110 minutes that we can still get a result. Um, so it's you know, it's great to have that experience uh, within our team. Um, and, you know, hopefully as we kind of prepare for another postseason, um, you know, be even more ready for it this year to make another step or two. I know we talked about it the last time we had you on the program a couple years ago, but uh, particularly knowing that you came to Chicago from Northwestern and you also spent five seasons at the University of South Carolina with Coach Burson. Tell us uh, how you're feeling about Division Three soccer right now, the competitive level and where it sits as far as the college soccer landscape. Yeah, there's really, with uh, the group that we have and the players that we have, I don't feel any difference. Um, you know, I think that there's there's definitely a... Um, an emphasis on the priorities and that they, you know, our players have all these things going on, whether it's, you know, classroom stuff or job recruitment things. But when we step out on the field and we train or we play, I feel no difference. And, you know, in a lot of ways, we've got guys who compete at levels that, you know, are at or above, um, you know, players that I've had in the past. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a pretty amazing thing to watch, some of the guys that we have be able to manage all these things and I think still compete at a level and invest at a level that um, it really compares pretty favorably with some of the programs that I've been at in the past. Let's get to know you a little bit more as a coach again. We had Tony Miola on last month, and he talked about the fact that, yeah, I know I was a goalkeeper, but I don't want to be a goalkeeper coach. I want to be a head coach. You were a goalkeeper at Boston College, and uh, I think you might have done a little time as a goalkeeper coach, but did you know right away you also wanted to be the top man? Yeah, that was always that was always the goal. Uh, as much as I love the position of goalkeeping and have spent a lot of time with goalkeepers in my you know 16 or 17 years, I think uh, – Building a team and a culture and an identity has always been what I've, uh, you know, really had a passion for. So that's, you know, trying to learn a lot as I've gone along, um, you know, just taking in different perspectives outside of, you know, where I played and, and, you know, trying to be able to coach and teach from that level, too. You got a bachelor's degree in economics and marketing from Boston College, but then you also got a law degree from the University of Pittsburgh. What are you going to do with that law degree, Mike? <laughs> well, it's it's hanging in my house or in a closet <laughs> somewhere right now. So, well, uh I don't know. The further I get away from it, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know that it's really going to ever come into practice. It's been an incredibly useful education, and it was just, uh, you know, I reached this kind of crossroads where it was, I just, I couldn't leave coaching, and I had to see if I could make it work. And the further I've gone down this path, I, you know, I, I think it's been a 
a good decision, but it's uh, you know the the law degree is collecting dust at this point. When you were getting your law degree, was there a specific uh, kind of law you were thinking about for just a moment? Uh, I, I spent one summer working in a firm and did a lot of employment law. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, but it was, uh, you know, over my three years at Pitt, I kind of I was coaching at Duquesne at the same time yep. and sort of balancing, you know, really going back and forth on what path I would go down. Um and as much as I did enjoy that, and it was a um, really interesting summer, it was just when I when I got to the point where I had to make a decision, uh, I didn't like it quite as much as coaching. Okay, yeah, we see you spent some time at Duquesne as well as Washington and Lee, Northwestern and South Carolina. You had a great coach at Boston College. Who would you say has uh, been the biggest influence on you as a coach, or maybe there's a couple people? It's been a collective. I think... Overall, you know, from the playing experiences at BC and all the different places I've been coaching, um, you know, you really kind of pull these positive, uh, you know, parts out of everyone I've worked with and, and not just work, the ones I've worked with, kind of, you know, meeting people outside that have been at, you know, really successful programs and talking to them about what works or you know, former players at, at, at places like, you know, Notre Dame or Wake that, you know, you, you watching them from the outside, you sense that they really have something pretty, pretty special going. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's just always kind of grabbing these pieces from um, everywhere you've been and everyone you meet that, you know, really kind of align with how you want to do it and, and, and maybe kind of hone the best way to do things. As a young man, now I understand you have a new addition to the family as well. Congratulations. You have a nine-and-a-half-month-old son or daughter, Coach? Daughter. 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 Okay, great. She's been able to make all the day games. All right, excellent. And and make no mistake, she owns you already, I'm pretty sure, right? She's got you wrapped around her finger, I'm sure. Well, with that, uh, what are your aspirations down the road, Mike? Have you thought about that at all as a young coach and knowing that you spent time at the D1 level? Uh, I mean, where I am right now is just—it's such a—it's such a great place to be. Um, I, being in a place like the University of Chicago and the education and um, the interesting people and players you're surrounded by, and I think what we've been able to build here—that really, you know, year after year, there there's some uh, similarity, but you know, it's it's unique in the personalities that we're surrounded by. It's uh, it's pretty happy place to be right now um so i mean we're really hoping to uh win the first team national championship for the university uh we've we've got a pretty amazing group of guys here now and and hoping to you know see if we can we can take it all the way through the final all right, well said. Uh, finally, Lynn Berling Manuel, the chief executive officer of United Soccer Coaches, was up first. And today they unveiled a commitment to culture. It's a commitment to culture where they believe that soccer unites us, character first, the rule of fun, the game is the teacher, well-being, we are family strong, and soccer is the player's game. And I feel like remembering some conversations with you, Mike, that uh, core values are important to what you do as a coach uh, with your team, both on and off the field so some of that might resonate uh, with this announcement from united soccer coaches i would think for sure I, a lot of those things you just said i think are 
are points that you know we either emphasize or, or try to live every day. I mean, I, I think ultimately one of the things that, um, especially in an environment like Chicago, where you've got players who are involved in so many other things, it's it's got to be it's got to be a thing that they really look forward to and they get a lot of joy out of. But um, it, you know, building a locker room and culture that is such a positive experience for them and their lives. And uh, it's a lot of the things you just said are such an important, important part of, of being able to do that. Finally, Mike Papps, uh, I'm in Chicago a lot. I'm going to come see you, but I got to tell you, you've got tremendous pipes. Sometimes we're looking for analysts on the Big Ten Network on and off day. I feel like we could bring you in out of the bullpen and you would knock it out of the park. Am I right about that? Yeah, just give me a call. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I've got a lot of family and friends who would like to tune in to be critical of that, but uh, <laughs> it'd be as much for them as it would be for me. Well, they can't be critical of the job you're doing as the head coach. Number one in the country, D3 men, and a nice visit here to cap our show. Mike, always a pleasure. Thanks for making yourself available to the United Soccer Coaches. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me back, Dean. Thank you, Mike Babs, and thank you, Lynn Berlin-Manuel, the fine CEO of United Soccer Coaches. We'll be back next week for another edition of of our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. This is Dean Linky with a special message from the United Soccer Coaches Foundation. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation has opened up applications for their annual grants and scholarships. Grants and scholarships are available for convention registrations, advanced education diplomas, or for the opportunity to host a United Soccer Coaches educational course at your facility for your coaches and your community. To apply or to find out more, please visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash donate or contact Tech Development Officer Amanda Mitchell. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation wishes everyone luck with their application.